the Buffalo Bills make a statement on opening night. And Ryan Miller has made the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. We'll talk rundown, trivia, hot takes, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss. And only Dom Loss. And only Dom Loss. <laughs> Unfortunately, not Mike Marino this week. Uh, he's he's a little too busy to fit us into his schedule, so he, he's not gone. He's definitely not gone. He's coming back. So We it's think. Just, yeah, we think. One episode, hopefully. It's a two-man pod. First time, first try. We're going to give it a whirl, give it a try. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it with some Buffalo Bills news. What a game. The Bills make an absolute statement win over the defending Super Bowl champs, the Rams, last Thursday. Dom, just what, what's your takeaway? What's your takeaway? I, I thought it was a I, – I can't remember if it was Tariko or Collinsworth that said it's it's rare to see the defending Super Bowl champs play the, the favorites to win the Super Bowl next yeah. year. No, absolutely. And to be favored – in that game. Yeah, many people didn't, you they know, thought it was disrespectful. As we talked about, the yeah. people thought it was disrespectful. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, they should have been favored by more points. They won by 21. Yeah. It felt like it was worse than that. Well, each home team technically is supposed to be a three, a field goal, right? They give them a field you, goal, usually, three points. Usually in gambling laws, you get three points, yes. Yeah, and just to... Home field advantage, you get three points. Yeah, today. have zero... Well, it's also... That's also like home field uh, advantage, question mark, for quote LA? Unquote, yeah, that was, that's what I was just about to say. The LA Rams, more like the St. Louis Rams with no fan base in LA. There were more Bills fans there than LA fans, and that's across the country. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, Listen, Bills Mafia travels, man. They do. I My, my parents included. They went. It was, it was... They said it was an awesome... SoFi, though, is actually... Like I, I got pictures. All, all stuff aside about the Rams, SoFi is a beautiful stadium. I well, will it's say one that. of the newer stadiums too. So ho- yeah, state ho- of the hopefully, art. hopefully the Bills can. You know, hopefully the new stadiums not. Yeah. It's not going to be like that because of, course, of the weather. Because but... of the weather, but hopefully it's it's an upgrade. Like I, I don't. Okay, want well, Aries is going to be an upgrade. Well, I know, but still, like I don't want it to be like you know, like the same sort of deal, just like you know, concrete. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I would think I would trust that the Pagulas will at least. Yes. Have decent Hopefully. architect. I, I mean, if have we heard anything about Kim Bagula? Um, no. I, th- I heard she's recovering. I they believe that on, on I, Thursday night. I believe on the broadcast they said something, um, shouting her out, saying that she's doing better and she's recovering. But I think it was only Terry in the suite. So it was, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Terry Pagula. I'd be worried because Terry Pagula has no idea. It's all Kim Pagula who's been running into the show pretty much. So yeah, I think he's just a checkbook. But but before yeah, he's before, the money maker. Before, before <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, before we get into you know games, the game talking about you know certain players, certain aspects of the game. Let's talk a little bit about the pregame. Obviously, we talked a little bit about them, you know, the Bills being favored. People right, kind yeah. of doubting that. I mean, I think. What only two people on the Sunday night football yeah, broadcast? Yeah, it was, it was um, Chris Sims and someone else. Yeah, it was Chris Sims and Rodney Harrison because I think Don yes. Dungy picked the Rams. Yeah. So I, I mean, it was I don't know. That's at least twelve people I think on that panel. Right. So it was ten two. The final time it'll the Thursday night game won't be on Amazon Prime. Yeah, because yep, Amazon Prime does have the rights. It's always kind of weird that the first game of the year is Thursday Night Football on NBC, yeah. not the yeah, it's not, a, not yeah. NBC holds the rights, but right. 
I think an interesting talking point though pregame was the inactive list for the Bills. So yes. So the rule is if you hold a certain amount of offensive linemen, you have you could have forty eight players active. Mm-hmm. Um. So I didn't see this. What? Where? I don't know. I don't even know where you're going with this. What did? You, what is it? Well, like the the people that were inactive. Well, yeah. Like who was? I I didn't even check that. I was more excited to just watch the game. I kind of glossed I, over it. I, well, I obviously Quentin Morris and Tommy Doyle, the two people we were talking about as having you know. Injury dentist, right. destination, you know, designates of, you know, being questionable. They did not play. And then the three healthy scratches were Cam Lewis, Quinton Morris. I'm sorry, not Quinton Morris. I'm sorry, Shaq Lawson. Mm-hmm. And Khalil Shakur. Khalil Shakur, yeah. You, know, you didn't think of like... No, I knew Shakur. Like... They were talking about Shakur quite a bit. So I think that's the one that I would... So Cam Lewis is just kind of like an extra DB, yeah. you know, special team. I'm not Even really... Shaq Lawson's interesting. Shaq Lawson's interesting, but it's not like they needed him, you know? No, Boogie I, Basham showed up. But I would say against, you know, when you play, like, the Ravens or you play the Titans, as we're going to talk about, you know, next pod. Yeah. You know, maybe Shaq Lawson does get active because they need another D-lineman. Right. I mean, the defense maybe had no run zero struggle. I mean, they, they were going crazy. No blitzes and seven sacks. Crazy, so. I mean, honestly, you got to say, though, like, Clear Shakur out of everyone that was healthy, you know, not playing was probably the biggest winner. Yeah. Seeing that Isaiah McKenzie drops a pick. That that drops, was, I'm sorry, drops a catch that leads to a pick. Right. And that was that was honestly he he didn't pull it in. The guy p- picked it up right out of his arms. It was bobbling. So it hit him right in the chest. Like, yeah. And yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like it was a bad throw. Actually, no. what someone's... and that's a pick I hate to see on Allen's tally because like that hit him right right where it needed to. Right you know in the hands. I mean? And I think that what was interesting about that too is like I think someone was making the point that oh it was a hospital pass where if he would have caught he would have got drilled by a linebacker. But someone's uh, analyst slowed down the video and said actually no Josh throwing it low and a low down low mm-hmm. so. Yeah, he would have saved would have saved him if he caught it. Right, he would have been on the if. ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you know Shakur. You know, I think Crowder actually looked pretty good. I know, he, I know, the, I know. We dogged on him and called him the Peloton guy, but I mean, riding the bike at training camp all the time. He looked, he looked very good. I Even think, returning, I liked him. I think he was the. This is true. I think he was the second highest graded offensive, third highest graded offensive player on according to PFF behind yeah. Diggs and Allen. Well, they shut down um, Knox and. Mackenzie didn't really. He got that touchdown. You know what I mean? But, yeah, and Davis like, had a pretty nice night. Too. Diggs and Davis had a great night. You know, so it's but like, you know Crowder had a couple, you know, nice third down, a couple nice little plays in the yeah. middle of the field. Had a very nice power turn. Yeah. So I think I mean that might be negative for Shakir, but I think he could get active because James Cook fumbled. Yeah. Yeah. That and was that was tough. So did Zach Moss, and yeah. like it was kind of like what I think people were saying that Shakir was inactive because they wanted to keep Moss and. Um, Cook. Crowder, Moss and Crowder oh. active, mm-hmm. and now that Crowder Moss fumbled, mm-hmm. I mean, like he was bad too. Well, yeah, I mean, he looked at, at the beginning of the game, he was actually semi okay, and then he started, he, he fell apart, it crumbled. It's classic Zach Moss though. Like he'll it have is. A, a, first three runs are always for a gain, and they look nice, and then he falls apart. It's like he'll have a he'll have like a run of eight yards, and then he'll have. Three other carries for a grand total of four yards. Yeah, and, and next then he thing fumbles. You know, next thing you know, you're looking at three yards of carry, and you're like, that's trash. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, and you're thinking to yourself, well, he had a nice little eight-yard run. And then it's like, well, you know, he just doesn't have the explosiveness. Right. I mean, even Singletary looked good, though. No, Singletary did look good. Yeah, Singletary he, did a nice night. He's, he's I, I think he picked up right where he left off last season, and I, I, I love to see that. I'm a big motor in they guy. Need a, they, honestly, God, they need to feed him more. 
Like, they need to give him, like, the the running back one reps. Like, no more. Oh, they should. No, no more switching them out. Zach Moss and James Cook. James Cook's a rookie, right? James Cook gets some more touches in, like, certain like, Exactly. People were tweeting out, see you in week seven with your next touch. I was like, it's James Cook. He's a rookie. You got to let him go. Zach Moss has no excuses at this point. And, I mean, that's that's where I'm, I've been saying. And, like, I liked him in the preseason. I really did. I picked him up on waivers in one fantasy league because I, I thought he might actually do something. But Singletary's the... Clear RB one in my clear RB one, and also a really important thing for Devin. Never been the best pass protector in the world, right? Uh, he pass protected very well on Thursday night. He and did. That, that's kind of what Zach Moss' demo is. Is a very good, you know, blitz pickup, very good right. protector. So, and if, then if you if you take that away from Moss, that's his yeah. that's his attribute. So if if, <laughs> if like you can if Singletary can replace that, then like why is Moss, Moss doesn't play team? special teams? So like at that point, like get secure active. I kind of wish, oh. They did sign. Did they sign Johnson back to the practice squad or no? Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So you there, won't. there are decent people. If you ever did be like Zach Moss, you're gone. Like you, you. They would never him. cut him though. No. No. You don't think? No. Do you see? Um, speaking of cutting, this popped in my head. OJ Howard had quite a night over in. Yeah. In, uh, would they played in Texas? Did they? Houston. Yeah, Houston. They did play in Houston. Yeah. Jerry Hughes also had an interception. I <laughs> listen. I, I this is my point about OJ Howard. OJ Howard did not play well enough, in my opinion, to really warrant a, a roster spot. Exactly, because Tommy Sweeney and but, Dawson Knox outplayed him in the preseason. Mm, but you cannot tell me that OJ Howard is not better. Like you can't tell me that Tommy Sweeney is better than OJ Howard. No, I can't. But just no, in, no, you just can't. Like Tommy no. Sweeney was terrible again. No. Yeah, he, he still is. He's a mo- not, he's a blocking tight end. He's not even a good blocking tight end. No. But he is a blocking tight end. That's just what I'm saying. Like he's, you're not going to send him like Knox. You can send on a tight end attack halfway down the field, and he's able to catch that. He's not Dawson Drops listen, anymore. He listen, was. Listen, there's not. a reason why Quentin Morris was listed in the death chart as tight end two over Tommy Sweeney. Exactly. And when Quentin Morris gets healthy, people were people were surprised by that. Yeah. And well, my question for you is why? Why? What's so he's surprising? Better. Well, yeah. Quentin Morris, I think when he gets healthy, is gonna Tommy Sweeney's gonna be healthy too. Like, and then at that point, like OJ Howard, like honestly, like it's not like listen. Embarrassments and the riches, sure, but like for the cap that they had to sack, like the cap that they had to lose. Now the good thing is they get—I'm not a cap expert, mm-hmm. but they get cap savings towards their salary cap next year if he stays on an NFL roster for the entire year. Right. So yeah. him catching two touchdowns for Houston is a pretty good sign for that. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. I also, mean, if we're talking about X Bills, our boy uh, Jerry Hughes. Yeah, big boy Jerry had Jer- a had pick. J- Jerry Jerry Hughes. Ready for this? Second highest graded. Uh, I believe defender in PFF. Who's the first? My defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Yep. I knew it because that defense tore apart Baker Mayfield pretty bad. No. Pretty bad. I don't know who picked the Browns here. Oh, the two, uh, two, of us, two of us since and I'm the only one who picked the Steelers. Okay. You we'll also, talk about that on, we'll you talk also about that the, on the next pod. I did pick the Jets. Joe Flacco, I trust. That's just that was that's what I was thinking. All right, so but, but we'll 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 talk more about that next pod. So but. so so you know, we you know, talking pregame, you know, well let's talk about you know, before we talk about the end result and you know what we think about certain players after that, just, just who was talk, bad, uh, who was bad, who was good, who was surprised, who disappointed. Okay, what, me, what, 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 what was your thoughts at halftime? Ten ten game, LA gets the ball first. You have three turnover first half. Felt like they dominated. I think the I think the yards per play for the Bills was six point seven. The the Rams was three point four. Like it was a dominant first half, but look at the Still score. The score zero, was ten. Look at the score, and it's a zero-zero game, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's kind of where my head was at. I, I was kind of, I felt like we were killing them, but then you look at the scoreboard, and it's like, how is this tied? I think it's honestly warm-up game first half. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. Josh Allen played three snaps in the preseason. Sure. He's he he's no he's, wait. Did the halftime make you like angry or did it make no. you like confident? Like hey, I like, was confident. Hey, like hey, like we're we're even we're, with the three interceptions, we they still even did the not turn, three turnovers. Three turnovers. Two yes. interceptions. Two interceptions. Sorry, three turnovers. Even with the three turnovers, we were still looked at as the more dominant team, and it, we it was a zero zero game. You know, Cooper Cup started going off in that end of the first half, though, which was a little. I think that was a little concerning. Yeah, I was like, oh boy, our pass coverage is but starting the, to go the, down. But. The thing that I thought of, you know, at halftime was, you know, there's four big units. I'm, not, I'm sorry, no just special teams, but, you know, the Bills offense, defense. I mean, special teams did play well, I will Rams say Rams offense but. and defense. And I, and I would say, you know, who do you trust more right now? And I would say I trust the Bills defense and the Bills defensive line to keep killing the Rams line. Mm-hmm. And then I would say I would also then my second unit I would trust more would be Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey figuring out you yeah. know, how to because they were moving the ball. They were moving the ball. Yes, there were just it, it, a couple stupid mistakes, and that's that's really all you can say for the first. You know, half. I guess I guess it's also being a you know a son of a lawyer, but like you know, yeah, in certain moments of the game, you gotta be like, would you rather be the Bills or would you rather be the Rams? And I think people would be saying at halftime, I'd rather be what who the what the Bills are right now. Right, Super Bowl favorites, and they they showed it. I I honestly, Von Miller looked like he was twenty years old. On that D line, he really did. He looked like he was back in Denver, and I was going crazy. His little dances he would do after he got a sack. He was. He was. And they did that without Ed Oliver for the second half, pretty much. Yeah, that's gonna be an injury, an injury to monitor for sure. Yeah, but, but still, look at how dominant they were. Granted, it, Rams offensive line without Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, but that was still supposed to be a decent offensive line. But, right. I mean, they just killed him. I and think, our offensive line, to me, I mean, played bad. What? I think they played bad. You thought the, you thought the, you thought the Bills' offense line played good for pass protection? Yeah, no, they didn't. They let Aaron Donald got one time, dude, dude, it, because Allen guy, moved up. My guy, my guy. Did you know how quick Allen was still on the ball? Yeah, two point three seconds. Okay, yeah. Why was he doing that? Because he knew Aaron Donald was Thank coming you. through. They gave him that two point three seconds though. And okay, if they, that's how if they fell apart, like how they used to, crumbled immediately. Listen, listen, you wouldn't listen, even have listen, those two point three seconds. I think I think the Bills' offensive line did enough this week. I don't think they played particularly well. Obviously, you know, Dion, you know, didn't surrender a single pressure. He was very good. Mm-hmm. I thought Spencer Brown had some whiffs, but going against well, yeah. going against Leonard Floyd, I thought he held his own for the most part, and that's a pretty good pass rusher there. And then the Bill, I thought Mitch Morris actually played pretty well, but the guards, you know, again, you're going against Aaron Donald, sure, but it was also, you know, Ashawn Robinson, it was also Greg Gaines. Like, those guys in the mm-hmm. middle for the Rams did cause problems, and there's a reason right. why some of those runs, re- I mean, the running game... No, the run, they, that's why I said, like, passing game, like, Allen getting it off and giving them yeah, but giving that's not, the I don't time. think that's a credit to the offensive line. That's a credit to the, that's a credit, that's a credit to Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen figuring out a good quality game plan to, you know... No, understand I mean, that your offense like a struggle. And right. the offense like struggle. Now, Grant, this is their what you know first game together. Really, you know, St- Saffold's getting the full. Well, yeah, technically the full. Ba- Bates played left guard last year. Yeah, left guard. So him going to right guard. You know, again, I th- and Spencer Brown's in his second year and he played like what 12, 13 games. Yeah, he had he didn't COVID have, or was he didn't injured have, he didn't or something. Have, he didn't yeah. have a full season either. Mm-hmm. So again, I I think it all work out, but I think the offensive line. You know, again, we're we're gonna talk about it in the next pod, but they still have it. They have a really tough test next week, even without Harold Landry for the Titans, you know, Jeff right. Simmons and those boys. Yeah. Um. But speaking I, of the Titans, just real fast, Brian Dable, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> the Giants take down Derrick Henry and the Titans. Congrats to Dable, great human being. Really, it's really cool to see this. I mean, but I gotta say this right now, Ken Dorsey, 
No. Oh, this I thought per- you were going off, person, offensive coordinator. No, I am going to talk about the offense. This person needs some respect. Sean McDermott. Yeah. I think I think because he's a defensive head coach, mm-hmm. people like to think that he's not involved in the offense one bit, and the man's title is head coach. Yeah. Like... No, he's got his fingers like, everywhere. He's in the marionette I master. Think, first off, congratulations to McDermott too, being I believe the third coach in in uh, Bills history, I should say, to get fifty career regular season wins. Oh, um, so yeah, that's congratulations! Quite, that's quite an accomplishment. But you know, for McDermott, I think the growth from where he was in twenty seventeen with Rick Denison and being a very conservative offense, very conservative head coach, to what he is now, which is. You know, he's a very analytical head coach. You know, he's yeah. very aggressive. He's got his hands on he, both sides he, of the wheel. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they're a pass-first team. I think, you know, I think he really thinks, you know, he's analytical driven. And it's, well, it's always, listen, the analytics will always tell, you, always tell you that passing the ball is way more efficient than running the ball. And I think the Bills believe that. I think that's a philosophy for the Bills. Right. And I think, yes, Dable's a great offensive coordinator. Yes, I think Ken Dorsey, you know, I know it's only a game in, but he looked pretty darn good too. Right. But I think, I think a guy that, you know, always seems to you know, you know, not get as much respect or love for what the offense is as Sean McDermott. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because he he is defensive minded. He came from a defensive position on the Panthers. You know, people automatically are like, you know, he's not going to have his hands in the offense at all. He knows who his quarterback is. He knows what it's about. And he's he's going to let him rip. And I just, I, I have to applaud Ken Dorsey as well. He didn't, I saw this um, on the NFL Network and I thought it was a great, great quote. I don't, I don't remember who said it, but um they applauded him for not taking the offense and trying to make it his own and like be obvious about it. He Dorsey, took yeah. Yeah. he took what worked and went with it. And you know what? He didn't make the stupid mistakes table did. He didn't run it three times on the first timeout. He didn't try stuffing it up the middle. He let the offense do what the offense well, is made to do. Schemes. They did because you know Aaron Comer again also an underrated about McDermott consistently finds really smart offensive minded guys to mm-hmm. hire. Like he hired you know Dable. He hired. Obviously, Dorsey's he elevated, but you know Joe Brady comes in as the quarterback coach. Aaron Cromer with you know from the McVay, you know Shanahan, yeah, and, yeah. and you see it with their their runs. You know, you see, um, you know on film how they would motion like Reggie Gilliam mm-hmm. or Dawson Knox as a tight end or fullback to the side where the defense they had did. like little a disadvantage, not enough dudes. Where then they would snap it, the motion guy would come, and it's all of a sudden you have four. Guys blocking for your running back with two defenders mm-hmm. in the area, and that's how you that's how you get those yards. And you know, once I think again with with the Bills' running game, I think once the offensive line gets some chemistry, once I think Singletary, you know, gets more of those reps, once James Cook, you know, gets over the yips a little, I think we're gonna get you know a very solid run game. You know, hopefully to pick Josh Allen. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and it's like. You see it. You see it happening right in front of your eyes. This the future super the right now Super Bowl favorite. The Bills have dethroned the defending champions. And it's, for now, for now, but it's you can't help but see like okay, they're legit. You know what I mean? Like it, it that second half when they were when they were all together, like that was I think, phenomenal. I think that's what we learned about the Bills is that, and now people can't discredit it anymore. I feel like I think what we learned about the Bills is that. This team is different from last year. Like this yeah. defense last year was statistically ranked number one defense. It wasn't really though. But I, it, it I, was I, like a t- it was a top ten defense. Yeah, it was, but there was no run defense. Like it that was fraudulent. The fact that I, they were ranked I mean, that's number what they one, kept one in my on the broadcast, opinion. and it's a hundred percent right. This defense is a lot different from last year. 
They, you know, they got their D line is so much improved with the young guys. Obviously, adding Vaughn and well, well, Vaughn also took a lot of those young guys under his wing and did a lot of work with them. But also, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, those three guys joining the interior of the defensive line. Those Mm -hmm. are some big dudes. Like, yeah, Jordan Phillips had a nice sack the other night too. That was was phenomenal. He was a beast. Yeah, he has he has those games where he's a beast, and hopefully, he doesn't disappear. No, I think he he tweeted out. He's like, put me in a Bills uniform. This is what you get. They sleeping on me or something. (laughs) It was like it was so funny. I was like, you're right, Jordan Phillips. He, Good he, for you. He take, your, take your picture, that big guy. Yeah. But I think I think it's important to see you know the Bills you know made a lot of really good defensive line changes, and right now it's covering for the fact that they have a very young you know defensive backs. Also, I, you know I can't believe we're how, how long are we in the pod? Twenty minutes. Yeah. And we haven't brought up the fact that Christian Benford started over Kyrie. Yeah. And Christian Benford, by the was way, phenomenal. Outplayed Kyrie. He did. He had a better grade on PFF. I think he played better from the eye test perspective. Yeah. Um. No, he made a couple clutch, clutch plays, and I, I was, I was all for him. Dane Jackson also played very well too. So I think, I think mm-hmm. you know the depth. You know, Taron Johnson too. Taron Johnson was solid too. I think, I think we talked about like, oh, do they have the depth without Trey? And I think, I think. They for, do. for now, they do. I think they honestly might have the depth when Trey comes back. You could rotate some guys in and out. Well, Trey's going to stay out there. Well, He's I know that, but pro. what I'm saying is like you got. I know, I know what you're talking about. You like, know what I mean? Like you, you could how he does with the rest of the team. You can you no, have enough depth now to kind of do that with the cornerbacks. You know, I think that's exciting. I think that's that's actually a good point. You know, with the defensive line, how they could maybe do something with you know the cornerback too of like having Dane Benford kind of maybe even Kyle if he. Yeah, well, you know, Trey White's going to be out there the whole time, but they have you know. If they're up for it and you want to rotate, you want to give someone some time, you know, give them some time. I do, I do want to see them. Um, I, know, I know this was te- this was a test, but I would like to see them. The Titans really isn't that team, nor is the Ravens, nor is the Steelers. I guess the Dolphins could be a test of Tyreek and Waddle. Um, I want to see them against. I would say Aaron wanna, Rodgers, but there's yeah, but it's that was Tua. Tough. There's Tua. No more Actually, I'm gonna, I, I want to see them against an elite quarterback, a very solid wide receiver, and a good offensive line. When they play the Bengals, I think that's going to be a no. Big... I, think, I think the Chiefs are going to be that test. The Chiefs are going to be that test oh, because the right. Chiefs have a very good offensive line. So the D line, and what I still think will do well, won't do you know phenomenal at, as dominant. Mm-hmm. And they still have solid wide receivers, and of course they have Patrick Mahomes and Andrew, Andy Reid. Right. So I think that's really going to be the test. So even. Yeah. Um, who else do we play? Well, I, I had someone in my mind, but yeah, you're right. The Chiefs are definitely going to be that, um, that you know, final exam, if you will, for the midterm exam. The midterm, yeah. Mid-term. Well, technically right for the bye, right before the bye, right before the bye. But I mean, like these other, you're right. Like Tua, I, I, he, he, he's all hyped up right now. These Dolphins fans, you won against the Patriots. Like, yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah. so you know, before we you know transition here. You know, I guess a couple more things would be the Bills are currently second place in the AFC East because of that Dolphins win, oh uh, which is funny. But again, that's something to take note of. But I mean, the Dolphins are a solid team. I don't think their win is was very impressive, but you got to give them credit for winning. If they know. continue to win, then I'll, I'll respect them as a legitimate team, like contender wise. You know what I mean? If they continue against a decent team, not the Patriots, where they don't even have a great offensive coordinator and Mac Jones. Um, doesn't look good at all. Looks yeah. worse than he did in our playoff game last year. Yeah, and then you know the Bengals get upset by the Steelers. The Steelers are going to be kind of that frisky team. You know, the Ravens look pretty good. Obviously, the Broncos choked. You know, the Raiders, as I've been talking about this whole time, I just don't think are better than the Chargers or Chiefs. And then the Chiefs look pretty good. So I think that's to take note of. Um, before we before we actually head off though to this talk talk some talk some Sabers, mm-hmm. who surprised and then who, name one player who surprised you and one player that disappointed you. 
So the disappointment player, I think, for me is Zach Moss. That's that's an easy one because it's just... The, it, was, it was built up that he was healthy now. Yeah, like, oh, he even said it. I'm finally feeling good. Like, he's everyone's been... He's finally healthy, fully healthy. Preseason, he looked very decent. He had a couple of runs where he got stuffed, bounced out to the side, and got an extra 10 yards. He looked great. And then to go in and fumble the way he did and just not produce, I he's the most, most, like, my disappointment player. And honestly... Did you say who surprised me? Yes, sir, baby. Honestly, George, like that def- whole defensive line, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't think seven sacks was in the card for the evening. I thought at least three, but seven. I mean, come on. And one of those being Jordan Phillips, and then two of those are Jordan Phillips. Two. Yeah, uh, sorry, two of them. And that's without, without Ed Oliver. Who yeah. I think would even that would have been more if you had constant pressure with yeah, him too. Phillips had two. Vaughn had two. Groot had one. I think Basham had one. I think yeah. Epinesa had one as well. Something. I like gotta that. say Diggs too, though, because he was shut down a lot of last season. You know what's a remarkable stat? Stefan Diggs had eight catches for 122 yards and a touchdown on Thursday. Mm-hmm. That matched his total last year for 100 yard games. Yeah. Is that not remarkable? It is remarkable. He had eight, he had eight his first year mm-hmm. in in sixteen games. He had won seventeen games last year. Yeah. I'm thinking other people. No, talk it's about because that. honestly they double covered him. All, he the had whole a, season. He, I don't know the double cover. I think he had like he had a good year, but he didn't have like no. It wasn't spectacular. He had a because, Pro Bowl caliber well, year, but not an All Pro caliber well, year. Allen and him were that that whole plan was exposed that first that COVID year. Then when they went off, now you add Davis, who's also, you know, fantastic, and he provided in that game. Also, Jalen Ramsey's a big factor for that. I uh, you know, I called Josh Allen trash three years ago, and you know, Josh Allen's three and zero against him in every game they've yeah. played. So, and he put up big stats. Yeah, he put up big stats. Almost, he let a perfect passer rating go. Are yeah. you kidding me? And then before this game, he was even like, "I'm not going to sit here and boost him up." You should. They own you. Josh Allen <laughs> owns you and everything you own. Like I, you're, you're his. I would say disappointed. Um. I would say Elam, because I don't think he played very well, and I think I don't I don't find it that big of a deal that he got beat out. I think some people were like freaking out, like oh my god, I can't believe it was six round Like, listen, man, you gotta give Christian Benford credit. Like he right, he played very well at training camp. And you know what? Also, I gotta say this: you gotta respect the coaching staff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they they put you know I don't think it's a you know as you can see it was kind of unpopular to put a six round pick over your first round pick, but. Listen, man, I, I would tell you, if I would have told you on Thursday who should have been the starting corner, I probably would have said Benford, too, because I think... He played better in the preseason. He played better, and he played better. All, he was more consistent all training camp, so yeah. good for Benford. But I guess that's kind of like my surprise disappointment is that factor. It's like I'm surprised that there, that Benford started over Elam, and then I'm just disappointed that I don't think Elam particularly backed up, you know, I don't want to say the benching, but, you know, the backup role of playing particularly well. I think Benford played better than him. No, I agree. And I, one thing I want to say about that is, like, people saying, like, oh, Elam, Elam is playing worse than Benford, and he shouldn't because Benford was a third-round pick? Sixth-round pick. Sixth-round pick, sorry. Sixth-round oh, pick. That was way off. Sixth-round pick. Yeah, I know. Um, that's. I feel like that's a little disrespectful on Benford. I feel like he's put in the work, you know what I mean, and all the practice and everything. I, I think give Benford credit. Don't just take it away and be like, "Oh, Elam, you couldn't play." You know what I mean? Like, you got to give him some credit. No, you got, you got. It's not everything's about your first round pick. How you're exactly. You got to give credit to the six round pick. Bills have had hard. a lot of first round picks that don't work out, and knock on wood, Elam works out. But not I recently. Mean, well, not recently, but I'm gonna go back. I mean, you look. Okay, at, the McBean era. This is what this is what McBean does, though. 
Like, this is what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott do. They, they draft really well deep in the draft. You know, Dane Jackson was a seventh-round pick. You're right. Like, Tyron, Tyron Johnson was a fourth-round pick. Levi Wallace was an undrafted free agent. Like, they've been able to, you know, other than Trey, you know, be able to get these guys. I mean, Michael Hyde and Jordan Poyer, when they were signed, weren't really household names. You're right. And those dudes were, what, Michael Hyde was a fifth-round pick and Jordan Poyer was a seventh-round pick? Like, this, the highest starting round quarter in that secondary last night was Taron Johnson in the fourth round. Yeah. And if you take the nickel back out, it would be Mike High in the fifth round. Yeah. It's, it's just remarkable. You're right. Yeah. Didn't they run nickel defense the entire night? I heard Collinsworth going on about that. Pretty much. I mean, when you have Taron Johnson, who's like a... He made, everyone was dogging on him for that um, holding play on Cup. That was smart. Instead of giving up 20 yards on the catch, he held, and then that was only five yards in a first down. That was very smart. He knew he wasn't going to be able to catch him. I, I respected it. Yeah. No, that's my little tidbit on uh, but Taron Johnson. All I got to say, man, what a, what a 31-10. Did you give your um your surprise player? I did. Christian Bedford. Oh. I thought he played well. Oh, that was a mixture. Okay. Sorry, I, 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 com- I, combined, <laughs> I combined them. But, you know, what a way to start. 31-10, you know, 21-0 in the second half. Right. Could have been worse. They scored, if, listen, they scored if nine minutes to go to go up 31-10. If Moss didn't fumble, this game is way even worse. Than oh, yeah, the over would have been hit if Moss didn't fumble. No, I don't know. No. The, oh, we would have been like six points off still. It was the, 50. The 52, man. Oh, we would have been, f- been 51. It would have been. They, or, no, it wouldn't have. They've no. been, they should have 40. They were, no, they were close. They've been close to be scored, but they still would have been. No. They I, wouldn't have gotten it. Exactly, yeah. But. That's going to do it for our Bills topic for this week. We'll be talking more Bills, of course, later on on the Betting on the Bills podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back with some Sabres right after this. And we are back with the Buffalonian podcast here. Just Joe and I just chilling. Just finished. Just wrapped up our Bills recap of an exciting uh, you know, week one win. And now let's, let's transition to... To a little bit of some Sabres talk, you know, can you believe, Joe, that, you know, there's a Sabres game before a, the next Bills game? No, I cannot, actually, but it's exciting. I remember the first, we went to the first preseason game last year, didn't we? Yes. Or was it the third one? Some It was the first few, and they lost. They there's lost. a video of us shaking our heads in Key Bank Center. It was a little tough, but, you know, look at the end of the season, though. Look at where we are now. Didn't see that coming at the beginning, for sure. Didn't see the optimism, but, no. you know, obviously, you know, we get some Sabres hockey uh, coming up this week with the prospect I wish challenge. the Bills offseason was this short. Like, Sabres just ended a couple months ago, and we're already back. You know what I mean? The, like Sabre, the, the Sabres ended, like, what? Yeah, but we April? had NHL, we like Stanley Cup we talked about. We sure, did, like, Stanley, all that stuff. Stanley, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's a lot shorter of an well, offseason. No, you're right, because, what? Sabres ended early April. Stanley Cup gets you to mid-June. Draft slash free agency gets you to early July. Yeah. So, really, you only have... A month, two months, nothing. two months of dead zone. Right, and honestly, we, when we started this, the Bills were already in the off season, so it's even longer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, was. It's just, it was. It was. You know, glad we started it and grabbed a little bit of a following. Let's put it this way: know. the Bills just played their first regular season game in, in podcast was, history. It, it was their first, like, I mean, I guess the preseason, but like that was the first, like, it's been seven months since like a legit official game. I yeah. guess we had to wait a little bit longer for the Sabers too. Right. But. Yeah, and it's the first one of the podcast history, which is kind of crazy. Uh, the prospect challenge. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't think of that. Well, we probably should have made a bigger note of that. Yeah, during, maybe during the actual yeah. Bills segment, not the, not the Sabres one. But no, yeah. Transitioning back to our Sabres. Fo- fo- refocusing back to our Sabres uh, talk. So, obviously, it's really exciting. You know, the Sabres are hosting the prospect challenge. Obviously, a lot of you know other interesting teams there in New Jersey, 
Ottawa, Montreal, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Uh, you know, a couple. I think a couple of their top prospects are going to be there. I think Jake Sanderson was going to be there for Ottawa. I don't. I haven't really paid too much attention to the other stuff, but the Bills. I mean, God, now I'm talking. I'm talking about the Bills. I know. The Bills Sa- on the mind. Bills the, on the, the mind. The Sabers. I. You know, they have a very interesting roster. No Owen Power. Um. No JJ Paterka. No Jack Quinn. So before, before you know. I go into the ro- actual roster. I think you know it's important to look at those three guys as not being on the roster. And you know, I don't know what you think, Joe, but in my opinion, I think this shows that I think the Sabers expect these guys to be up with the big club next year. Oh, I absolutely agree. I saw it on Channel Four, I think, last night watching local news. They were talking about how this is for the draftees. It's not for Paterka, Quinn, or Owen Power. You yeah. know, it's it's this is for this fresh set if you will. And I, I think, you know, Owen Power's already proved he's going to be playing with the big club. He had a great eight games, of course, like we've said many times, but he had a great little run. And I think Quinn and Paterka, I, that's that. They're in the... You know, they definitely are deserving of a shot. Yeah, they get they get a shot at the big big club, like you said, the big Buffalo Sabres hockey club. Yeah. I like what you said, though, about, you know, this is for, you know, draft deeds of 2022. Also for, you know, international players of right. playing, you know, we see... You know, on the roster, we're going to have, you know, Alexander Kisikov, who was, you know, a draft pick. Yeah. Um, you know, coming over from Russia, probably going to play with the Amherst. Josh Bloom, obviously, I know he's, you know, Canadian, played in juniors, but hopefully he'll, he might move over. I think actually he's going to stay in juniors now that I think about it. But, you know, there's a couple interesting guys. Matt Slindren, who, you know, we all liked in the fourth round. Right, yeah. You know, also, also playing, obviously, the headliner, you know, Yuri Kulich and, you know, Matt Savoy. Yeah, I'm excited oh. to see. Ever- I- honestly... Savoy, I'm looking forward to a lot just because it's our first pick. You know, I think everyone is like kind of the Elam situation we were talking about. You know, first round pick, it's hyped up. But I think Yuri Kulish, man, like he used to play yeah. well too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Not, gonna I'm be... not saying we have a Christian Benford. You know, Kyrie Living. No, no, but... no, man, we got to get Bills off the mind. They're just creeping in, creeping in at all it, times. It's hard not to think about them. But, yeah, you know, again, I think it's really exciting. You get to see Matt Savoy up in action. Obviously, he wasn't healthy. Uh, for development camp in July, right? Yeah. So now you know Sabres fans have a you guys have an amazing opportunity to see what he's all about. I do have to ask you though, what is your thoughts on him wearing the number ninety three? Who is Savoy? Yeah, I think that's gross. I think yeah. It's a terrible I what? What? I know, before I like, that's why I had to do a double take to make sure you were talking about Savoy. I, I, no, that might be just a sign number for this. I, I hope it is because if his number what is, what if he the, takes fifteen? John Hayden's not there anymore. What about Jack Eichel? You know, that, uh, uh, homage to Jack Eichel? Yeah, I don't know if we could use that number. Homage to Jack Eichel who switched his number from that? I, th- I think 15, that's what I would see him wearing. Something like that. 93? If he sticks with 93, I'm like, what? Ooh, yeah, that's like, a, uh, I'm going to be sitting up in the 200s of Key Bank just vomiting the entire time. Uh, yeah, I saw that and I, 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 it wasn't most, it's not a very cool number. But, you know, also you have, you know, guys like Osiri Laskin, you know, Lucas Rozek, uh, Linus Westbaum, you know, guys that are, you know, or in the AHL, you know, you know, getting in their twenties, you know, mid twenties, it's time for them to kind of make an impact, maybe on the NHL level. And right. I don't know if they have the spots or necessarily the talent to do so, but if they can step up to be big time producers in the AHL, again, that helps the depth. That helps with your competitiveness across the entire organization. It also helps when you got you got you're gonna have guys like Savoy down there soon, guys like Coolidge, who I think is is coming over. I don't I don't know if we talked about that in the pod, but it is. You know, talked about that the Sabres have informed his team in check, 
the Czech league that he will not be returning to that their club that he will be coming to North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I think Kulich wants to compete for a spot with the Sabres. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think he's gonna play with the Amherst, but also right. Kizikov, uh, you know, is gonna come play as well. Obviously, Rosine uh, is gonna play uh, in AHL as well. So you know, Rochester is a good little bit of talent. I just gotta say, none of the goaltenders are very no- notable for me. But can you can you guess this one goalie's name for the Sabres? It, it is hysterically funny. Do you want me to look at it and see it, or like? No, I'll tell you. His name is Beck Warm. W A R M. W A R M, and then B E C K for his first name. Beck. And it only would be funny, like the you know, funny is not good grammar, if his name was Luke. Luke Warm. Oh my god! <laughs> I yeah. saw that. That's it's not even the the first thing that I thought of was like you looked a couple names to hit the Savoy ninety three hit right away. Yeah, and the the back warm the the connection to me <laughs> back warm. Oh, what? Boy, I'm not gonna owe that name right because I know there's a couple people I've known named listen, Beck. Listen, listen. I'm gonna say this. I really can't be making fun of too many people's name. Like my last name is Lost. Like I think. Right, my but name's also, Joe. Listen, my first name's Joe. Listen, like, listen, Lost Rams of Boston. So come on now. It does, but it's also a loss. Well, the yeah. Lost Boys, hey, of Neverland. Oh my God, <laughs> the theater, the, the bills are popping out in the theater. Can you are definitely popping out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah. So you know, transitioning from obviously, also they had their the Sabers also had their fan fest this week, right? Uh, Saturday, I believe, the seventeenth. So that's also an exciting opportunity to potentially you know have a good time. You know. Again, the Sabres season's right around the corner, and uh, we're really excited about it. So continuing our Sabres talk, not talking anymore about the Prospect Challenge, per se, but talking about some other kind of news. Ryan Miller, obviously, you know, the all-time leader uh, in Sabres history for wins, but also Favorite for... Favorite players in Sabre his, Sabres history, for sure. Yeah, and also, you know, the all-time leader for in U.S. history for goaltender. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he is going to be in the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. So, well deserved. Well deserved. I think it is well deserved. I think you know. Listen, what are you? Give a round of applause to him, dude. What are you for Ryan Miller, man? He's right, getting get his number retired in Buffalo, and he's yeah. now going to the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. And how, how can you want a better? How can you want a better career? Like buttoning yeah, it up than that. I, I think it's going to be interesting uh, in a couple of years if he gets. I don't think he's going to get in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but you know, we never know. I'll, I, I, you know what? He might because you know, I think him having the most wins for an American-born goaltender means something. He played really well in the Olympics in 2010. He won the Vesna, had one of the more dominant goaltender seasons of all time. Right. He played on some pretty good Sabres teams. So, you know, maybe he gets in, maybe he doesn't. But I think, you know, again, congrats to getting into this Hall of Fame. Yeah. No, absolutely. Congratulations to my... I have a bobblehead of him from when I was like 10 years old. I have a jersey of him. Do you? I have an old one like that it said Buffalo Sabres on the chest with the sword in it. You know oh, what I God. mean? Like, like old classic style, like a long time ago. I feel like we're going to see a lot of the go-heads. Oh, did you hear the new retro throwback might be a red or no, the red and black is back. The blue and yellow goat head instead of the slug. Oh, I saw that. What do you think of that? I think it's gross. Okay. The goat head's red and black. I think the slug is gross. But that's like a retro throwback. You know what I mean? I don't think putting, switching out the slug for the go-head really makes it all that better. No. It doesn't... the, the go- goat head is looked upon by many as a like our age as a triumphant return. You know what makes the goat head so good is that when people when kids look at it they don't say oh that's a goat head they mm-hmm. go oh that's a dragon exactly I'm just being honest like no and no blue, it looks mean blue, yeah blue and gold you know are very like I, I'm I'm not an artist they're two of the primary colors you know they're, what I mean? they're pretty so. chill colors like 
black and red, like the eyes Aggressive. being red. Yeah. Like it's the this man looks like a dragon. And like it's a little scary, I'm not gonna lie, when you were a kid. Well yeah, I mean I I I can definitely agree with that. I have I have a little one from when I was little still. I have one incoming right now. Uh, red and black, you know. You I know, got it for nineteen dollars on a Chinese oh wholesale website. So I've got um. Yeah, name on the back of that. I do, I do. I have you gonna, um. You tell. I forget. It was between two names. It was. You don't even remember what no, name no, no, because I ordered it like a month ago. That just takes so long to get here. Oh my god! Of course, I, this is rip off. It was. It was either Tuck, right? It was either Tuck or it was Tage Thompson, and I think I went with Thompson. You know what? I'm gonna look right now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I While gotta, you're looking, absolutely, yeah. man, just got that. Just got something we talked about. Let's transition into our final two talking points of the Sabers. Obviously, we're continuing um, the talk about talking about. It was Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. About talking about the people in the division, how the Sabers compared to them. Also, we're gonna, you know, even without Mike, we're gonna continue to talk about, you know, what our second pair. Uh, pairings look for defensively for the Sabres. So first, let's talk about the Leafs. Obviously, Toronto um, haven't won a playoff series in nearly our lifetime. 2004, I believe, was the last time. They've won one, and, you know, they were close last year, lost in Game 7 to Tampa at home, and mm-hmm. this and they blew it. Yeah. They have a really good team. They still have a really good team. Obviously, they're, they're gambling a little bit with Putting in Matt Murray as their goalie. Uh, obviously, they're better than the Sabres, and they're finish higher than the Sabres, but, you know, it's an interesting rivalry. Um, I think it's unfortunate that I believe they only play three times all year because of how, like, the schedule broke down. Right. Which is just, I don't, I think the, that's, the, the Sabres-Leafs is their, but the, the biggest rivalry for the Sabres is the Leafs. Now, some people might say it's the Bruins, but, you know, personally, I think it's the Leafs, and I don't understand why they would only play four times a year and only one time in, in Key Bank. Right, you know, yeah. So I think I think that's ridiculous, but yeah, I you got to split it up evenly. I think you know what I mean. I think or they got to play four games. I think they got to play like like I think there's certain people in your division that you play four times, certain people in the division you play three times, and I think I think Leafs and Sabres need to play four times. They should like a Tampa and Florida play play four times. Like they're right, right next to each other. Like the no, Sabres and the Sabres and, and the Leafs are the two teams. I mean, the Leafs can't make it for, past the first round of the playoffs, but. You know, in the next next uh, within the next decade, I mean, that's gonna those are gonna be the two teams battling it out for that bottom spot. I feel like in the next couple of years, you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll see. I like if if the Sabers really turn it around and get everything clicking, like the Leafs were their kryptonite this past it, season. At yeah, least. Listen, they had some good rivalry games. Actually, they heard it's classic once Sabers way five two. So yeah, I I think it'll be incredible another incredible season for rivalry and. Hopefully the Sabres can again, you know, I guess with playing three games, if they win two out of three games, they could win the season series. I guess, so I guess that's kind of right. Yeah, the one, the one positive I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, small one, but okay. So <laughs> let's go and let's go into our last in the second defense pairings. Obviously, um, Mike, Joe, and I last week all said that Rasmus Dahlin and Matias Samuelson would be our top defensive pairings, and so. Joe, do you want me to start, or do you? Yeah, want... you kick it off because I, I got to go into my up. notes and find out up. who I actually had. I'll kick it off. So obviously, I think the number three defenseman on the Sabers is is pretty obvious in Owen Power. Mm-hmm. I know you know we talked and a lot about the eight games, but I truly believe that throughout the eighty-two game season, yes, he'll have his ups and downs, but I think he'll be mostly good than bad, and I think he'll be the number three defenseman on the team. I think what gets interesting for me is who's the fourth defenseman. And is it Leibushkin? You know, it, it matters is... Because is, that's who I have with Owen Power. 
See, it matters like, is your fourth defenseman your best fit for own power? And that would be Labuskin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Yoki Haru. Oh, you're 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 straying. I, I have Labu. Labu- how do you proper? I, is it Labushkin? Is that how you would say Labushkin. it? Labushkin. Labushkin. That's who I, I have power in Labushkin. I hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, but yeah. Um, you let us know. I think viewers. This Labushkin <laughs> is a very good physical defenseman, very good defensive defenseman, mm-hmm. but is horrific offensively, and he kills right all of his defense partners' offense. And he had a problem last year in the playoffs with. You know, he was paired with Morgan Riley for the Leafs, who was a very good offensive defenseman, and he killed Owen, he, Owen Power. He killed Morgan <laughs> Riley's offense a little yeah. bit. So I don't think you want that to happen to Power. I think, listen, I'm not a big Yoki Haru guy. Maybe he could bounce back. Um, him and Power did play pretty decent yet last at the end of the last season. I think they're going to roll with that to begin the year. You know, give Yoki Haru that first shot, uh, just because I think it's a better fit for Power at the current moment. What about Bryson? What are your um, thoughts on him? I don't like Bryson that no. much. I think he's, you know, I'm a big analytics guy, but I think the analytics overrate him a little bit because I think he plays very weak minutes. So what I mean by that is I don't think he plays against top competition. Right. His very, stats are kind of inflated because it's not necessarily top tier competition. He's not good in front of the net. He's turns the puck over way too much. He's not good in transition. You know, he's just kind of a dude. So he's he's just kind of a dude <laughs> just to me. A dude. He's just a bomb pair of dude, so you know. Again, I think Yoki Haru is. I don't know if he. I don't know if I would say Yoki Haru at this current moment is your fourth best defenseman. I think he has the potential to be, and right. I think right now he has the fit to be with Owen Power, who is right. I think clearly your third best defenseman. So I, I think, think that's where we go. Starting the season, just coach wise, I think stat wise, you put Labushkin with Power and then see what happens. You know I, what I mean? Listen, Labushkin argument with Power isn't a bad one. Of like, hey, you want to have a steady defenseman veteran with him. In case he struggles, so my my fear would just be like Owen Power. I think one of his strengths in that NHL is going to be his ability to create offense, you know, carry the puck around. But he also feeds off his defense partner, right? And if your defense partner every time gets the puck, just shoots it or at someone's shins or yeah, or just you know blows the cycle and has to cycle it back instead of making a play on it. You know, I think Yoki Haru has the potential to make some plays one on one. In favorable situations, based off powers often, so that's where I would go. Obviously, Joe, I don't think I think you have a good choice too. I think it's you know it's really a fifty fifty. It's a coin flip. Yeah. Um. And uh, next time Mike is on for the next Buffalonian podcast, we'll get his out of him. We'll oh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll have to tally him all up. But uh, at the end of the day, mine is power and Labushkin, and yours is power and Yoki Haru. Yes, sir. Alrighty. Well, that's gonna cap it off for the Buffalo Sabers topic for today, and we'll be right back with the rundown after this. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast, and I will be taking the rundown for this week. So we're going to start it right off with some Blue Jays news, and it's been another successful week for the Blue Jays. They ended up splitting the final two games of the road series in Baltimore to win the series 3-1. to Then they went to Texas to take on the Rangers, which was a solid road series win. They just started this huge five-game series versus the Rays and started with Monday's win. Started out with a win. Can't argue with that. The Jays finish that home series versus the Rays on Thursday. They will then play Baltimore at home, this time for a weekend set. Might be able to bring it home in Baltimore again. Might be able to take the win. So the Jays currently sit at 79-62, and 62, which is a good for second in the AL East and presently tied with the Mariners for top AL wildcard spot. The Jays also sit five and a half games back off the Yankees, who, you know, they could 
they they could pull it off and surprise the the division win. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, me being a Yankees fan, I'm rooting against it. But you know, for the Buffalonians' sake, we got we got to say we got to stay impartial, right? We got to stay impartial. The Jays were led by ace Alec Manoa, eight innings, and he gave up one run and striking out five. While Alexandro Kirk had a solid three hit game to pace the Jays' attack. Let's hope for a you know, strong play from the Jays down the stretch here and uh, go Jays. So we're going to move right into the Bisons here. And the Bisons had a very solid series versus Gwinnett. Only playing five games since Sunday was rained out. The Bisons won the series three to two after winning the first three games of the stand and could be a missed opportunity for the Bisons to only win three games that we shall see. And the Bisons now sit at 69 and 64 and five games back off Durham. The highlight of the week for the Bisons was Wednesday night's thrilling 10 to 7 win. The Bisons offense was on fire with pounding 11 hits and three home runs led by Vinny Capra's two out, two run bomb in the sixth. A solid week for the Bisons after struggling for a little. Let's hope it continues and go Bisons. Let's go Buffalo. And that's going to do it for the rundown. And we'll be right back with Would You Rather in Trivia after this we're back and i have would you rather this week so dom run down and would you rather run down and would you You rather back to back really you really had to you know fill in with mike not being here exactly exactly and dom you're gonna pay some nice homage to mike and doing the trivia this week Uh, so you know it's a bittersweet moment mike's never missed a trivia but you know dom dom will dom will do him justice dom will do him justice but without further ado let's get into my would you rather question for the week so this is based off a little bit of Aaron Rodgers' situation, right? Would you rather have a core of, like, you know, more rookie b- receivers, right? Sammy Watkins. Like Green Bay, Green Bay base. Green Bay. Lost veterans and rookie receivers. Exactly. Or would you have a core of good veterans who are at a high injury risk? Huh. Develop those wide receivers into, you know what I mean? Like, but it's going to take some time or send out older wide receivers that are very injury prone. Well, it matters what kind of team I am. Say you're the Buccaneers. On the Bucs? Mm-hmm. With Brady. With Brady. Oh, definitely. You have an older, older Honestly, team. Honestly, the, they do have that. Like Chris Godwin just got Marquise hurt. Brown? No. That's, he's, he's on the, Cardinals. that's the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But, but Julio Jones, no, but, I meant. But, but, but Julio Jones gets injured every, like once a year. Yeah. Chris Godwin just came off ACL surgery and injured his hamstring. Mike Evans was a little bit banged up um, in the Sunday night game as well. You know, they don't have a Gronk this year, but Gronk was usually always kind of banged up Leonard as well. Leonard Fournette, too. Older guy. Yeah, so I, I would say... It's basically the Bucks versus the Packers. Starting if, over versus... I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. If I was Green Bay, I'd want the veterans with the high risk. Because I need people that could get open and well, I'll and take actually catch the ball. Actually catch the ball on stone to them. Um, if I was like a team like... Detroit or Jacksonville, kind of a younger team, up and coming team. Like I would, the wide receivers that are younger, more inexperienced. Like I groom. You know, they they have opportunities to like. It's kind of like James Cook. James Cook fumbled the ball, mm-hmm. and the Bills are a very good team. Where if you fumble the ball, you're probably not going to touch the ball that often. Right. So like for a rookie wide receiver, like if he drops the ball on like the box he's not going to get another opportunity mm-hmm. but on the lions like whole next play he's in right so yeah. i think i think it, it matters what team if i was a rebuilding kind of up-and-coming team i would take the you know the rookies but if i was an older team going for my last draw 
going for it like the Bucks are, I would take you know I take the the veterans at the high injury risk. I have to agree with that. Uh, I definitely, if I were Brady, going for one last Super Bowl run before he retires and hopefully reconciles with Giselle, um, I would definitely be hoping for <laughs> it's Giselle. It was Giselle. Is it? Yeah, I Giselle. It was, I thought it was Giselle. No, 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 it's Giselle. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a gazelle is a leaping gazelle. It's Giselle. Yeah, it's Giselle. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The more you know. Yeah, no. She's uh she's off in Puerto Rico or Punta Cana somewhere. Just like he sent that. She sent a tweet out. Did she? Mm-hmm. Supporting the man. Oh, she's supporting him. Yeah. The like, go Bucks, go Brady at Tom Brady. Oh wow. Wow, look at that. The comments under the Twitter Oh, I can up. imagine the Twitter warriors come out. Yeah, holy cow. So, no, but, that was like, I'd you rather, Joe. Yeah, oh, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> I, know, I know I'm only, I'm only real victim, but you know, we'll see what the viewers have to say as well. Right. Um. So, obviously, as Joe said, uh, I am taking the trivia. I, you know, I struggle with this, man. Like, I didn't I didn't really know what to do. You know, Mike usually does this. Yeah. I see Normally, pins Dom and I against each other a little bit. I know. So, now, you know, I feel like the best way to pay homage to Mike is, like, come up with, like, enough questions... Like hard enough questions where like you don't get any right, like you don't you don't really do with him. So oh okay okay we're already starting with that. <laughs> you got after Teddy Roosevelt you fell off. If I don't if I if I don't if I recall Listen, I'm, a little, I'm a little past my prime. <laughs> <laughs> all right hit I'm, me. All right so for the Bills question I'm doing what Mike Norman does. Bills question Sabres question kind of and then Buffalo area kind of question. So okay. Bills question who was the lowest grade Bills offensive lineman according to PFF in Week One's win versus the Rams? Lowest grade. Spencer Brown? No. He was actually third. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Lowest graded. Bates? No. Saffold. Was it really? Roger Saffold, Sa- Roger Saffold had a 50.0. Oh, wow. What was, was I close with Bates at least? Bates had a 51. Okay, so then... Was... Brown had a 56. Okay. Morris had like a 65.5, and then uh, Deion Dawkins had a 72. I knew Deion was... No, if I, okay, yeah. I if I asked like who had the highest, I knew you were gonna say Dion yeah. or Morris. No, so. I I thought it was between Bates and I'm surprised you didn't pick Bates first. I thought I Bates know. was. I thought I, I would have well, said Bates. Spencer Brown, he flubbed a couple times, so I didn't know if that. True, you know what I mean? That's kind true. of where my head was at. But honestly, though, like if I was doing in your shoes, I said I would have totally said Bates and would like been hundred percent like I'd be something that was staffled. I mean, he he would have been my third guess, but like, that's what I, I thought he would have at least been third from last. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't think he was bottom tier. But all, all right. right, what's the Sabers one? Ryan Miller has the most wins by American goaltender all time. How, how many? How many? Okay, you're gonna let me know if I'm in the ballpark here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a... and, um, hundred something? Am I close? No. Two hundred something? Way more than two hundred. Five hundred twenty-five. No, no. Now you're you're too high. Okay. So in between, okay. Uh, yeah, in between 525 and 200. Okay. 312. A little higher. You're closer, closer now, but you're higher. 353. Higher. 412. Cold. You're too high. Oh, I'm going with just 12. I don't know why. I'll give you one more guess. 393. Oh, it's 391. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. I was close at the end. I wouldn't count that as an actual win because I guessed like oh, eight, no, there's no eight numbers. But, but yeah, uh, at least the last one, I was somewhat close. But. All right. 0 for 2. Let's see. I, <laughs> I think this one, honestly, though, I have to admit, I think this one's a softball. So. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to say that, and then I'm not going to be able to get it. Just well, you know, you know we talked grade. about Forest Law, and I don't know if it was last week or the you know, end of season one finale about how it was first. You know, created in 1849, I believe. The cemetery? Yeah, the cemetery. Yeah. What president is buried there? 
Oh, good lord. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt, that buddy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is that, uh... Oh, my God. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The fact that you didn't answer it very quickly gives me some hope. What? Is it... It's not Teddy. No, it ain't Teddy. No, it's... Is it FDR? <laughs> no. You're not going to get it. No? It's, it's Woodrow it's... Wilson? No, no, no. Uh, you know what? I'll give you one hint. It is probably the most irrelevant president of all time. Like, are we talking early presidency? Within like, the first 15. John Adams? Dude, he's relevant. He was the worst one, though. Yeah, but I meant, like, relevant, like, no one knows, like, anything that he did. Like, I couldn't. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, if I give you the initials MF, would you get it? Millard Fillmore? Oh, Suburban. Yeah, the hospital. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. No, that makes sense. No. I can't name you a thing that that man did. I, I, that's why I didn't... That's why I wasn't getting it. I have no idea who he yeah. is. I mean, I know who he is, but, like... Yeah. I didn't know he did much for the city of Buffalo other than the hospital named after him. I don't know. Nope. 13th president of the United States from 1850 to 1853. Any, any big you know policies what, you know under what his belt? You know what it is? He is the last to be a member of the Whig Party while in the White House. Oh, okay. According to Wikipedia. So not a great source. But that's, <laughs> that, that, that is the, the factoid. Factoid? Factoid. Factoid. Thank you. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No way I was getting Miller Fillmore. So, you know. That, we, that, miss, we miss that's Mike. for you mike yeah yeah that's it's for you mike we miss you buddy and hopefully mike's back soon he's not gone don't worry he's coming back so without further ado that's going to finish it off for this episode of the buffalonian podcast i'm joe Kelly, and i've been joined by dom loss and not mike the ghost of mike the marino. ghost of mike marino he's always with us so dom how do you always end these go bill go bills